0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Alongside Dr. R.B. Maynard, it's a verse-by-verse edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. By doing that, we're going to get you in the Word. We love journeying through it together. So, how's it going, Dr. R.B. Maynard? It's another great day. We're going to get into First Kings, or Second Kings chapter 4 today, right? Yep, yep. And uh, that'll be great, so always fun to start a new chapter of life in the Word of God. So anyway, uh, shout out to everyone as you get ready to go back to school and all that good stuff. So uh, Dr. R.B. Maynard, he'll be here each and every week. So, yep. Each and, if you're, and
1: every week, except for the weeks that I'm not here.
0: Yeah, and then if you're watching Facebook Live, we're always on there. You can see my new poster in the background there, Dr. R.B. Shout out to LeBron, Kobe, and Michael. All together, one big happy family.
1: Did you see my post the other day? I said LeBron should have been in the middle so the other two guys could carry him. (laughs) That's right. Anyway,
0: it's, hey, I just say whoever is your goat, your favorite player, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. We can all get along together. I'm not
1: angry, or I'm not very angry at you because because you like him.
0: So, I mean, Steph's not in there. I mean, come on. I know. I know. Here we go. Let's get in the word, okay. brother.
1: All right. right, Second Kings four one, and uh, this is a complete change. Sometimes you go from chapter to chapter, and it's just continuation, and then other times one story just ends, and the new story starts. So this is a new story. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves, and they think this might have been Obadiah, if you've watched any of this, we've talked about Obadiah, uh, the prophet, because he, I mean, claims your servant, Uh, anyway, by some things that happens, Josephus says that this was Obadiah's debt, because he borrowed to feed the hundred prophets he had in the two caves, if, again, if you backtrack and remember that story, those prophets went out to hide, and Obadiah came along, and and fed them, so they. Josephus says this is that's what the debt was, that he died and left this debt to his wife. So, uh, not by uh, not because he was a poor manager and left it. He probably didn't think that uh, they would come and try to collect like this. I mean, it wasn't, you know, he thought that, kind of like if you if you had a debt today and you went and got what do they call it credit life insurance thinking mm-hmm. that the house was going to be paid for, sure. and then you die and your wife has this debt because you really didn't get the insurance you thought. Yeah. And so it's probably more like that. It's not a slam to Obadiah because he was doing some good things. But the creditor is Jehoram, who is Ahab's son, who, I mean, obviously Ahab's not a good man. Jehoram's not a good man. So uh, the couple of things that he did... He took interest on this, which is a violation of the Torah. He took slaves to pay the debt, or he was coming to take slaves to pay the debt, which again is a violation of the Torah. So there were, uh, even back then, there were banking rules and regulations. You can loan money, but you can't do this, and you can't do that. You can't kill somebody for it, or uh, whatever all those rules. Again, there's all kinds of rules in there that were established. So mm-hmm. so this is really, I mean, it's, a, it's all a violation of what's going on anyway. But, but Elisha replied to her, verse 2, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Now, this is going to be one of those somewhat familiar stories to, to people. But I thought, you know, this tells the kind of man that Elisha was because so many people... When someone comes for a uh, help, you know what I mean. I just wrote down. Well, what happened to what you had, or well, that's that's just a sad story. In other words, the first response wasn't. Well, how can I help you? the The first response could have been, or in our time may have been, well, why don't you get a job? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you? And I understand there are that that works in a lot of situations. People need to have jobs. But there are situations where uh, something happens, and our first response should be, "What can we do to help?" Not trying to mm-hmm. belittle them because they yep. didn't uh, do what they're what they should have done. You know, why? I mean, you should have saved money. Why can't your kids work? You know, if if these boys—I don't know how old they are. These, but <laughs> and yeah. What about your stimulus check? What'd you do with that? And. And we've all asked those questions. I mean, in today's culture, if we were doing this podcast five years ago, we wouldn't even have that to talk about. Mm -hmm. But all the stimulus money, and um, I heard somebody say the other day that that this girl who has four children will draw, with what she's got, will draw Mm $25,000 and never work (laughs) a day. And so I understand help and all of those things. But, um, you know, how can I help you? In other words, if if we have someone in the church, probably our response, again, isn't necessarily to throw money at them. I mean, it may be more than just saying, well, I'll pray for you, Mm -hmm. which is what we do a lot of times. But there are churches and we don't have maybe a formal thing put together But there are churches who have finance um, advisors or whatever that will say, why don't you come in and let's sit down and see what you have, see if we can help you to get things in order as -hmm. opposed to, well, here's $100 to pay your electric bill, and then next month they need $100 to pay their electric bill again. And sometimes it is, you know, you could cut back here, you could cut back here, let us help you. To help yourself. But but anyway, this is, and, and Elisha, his reply to her isn't like, well, let me just give you a bunch of money. His reply to her is, how can I help you? You tell me what you need. And then he says, what do you have? So this is good financial uh, advice. Mm-hmm. How can I yeah. help you? What do you have? Okay, what's, what's your income? In other words, is what we would ask people today. But... Um, and, and so many people are like, I don't want any help. I just want a handout. Yeah. You know, I heard uh, uh, when Brian Bisbee was the uh, director at Crisis Center, he would say, uh, he, he said he always stopped when there was somebody with a sign. He would always stop, you know, and they say, hungry, or we'll work for food. Yeah. Or, and he said, I stop every time and tell them that I can drive them to the Crisis Center and get them, a bag of groceries or whatever, and they're like, no, no, you know, they want Mm -hmm. the money. They don't want the help. So um, I'm not saying that about everybody that's out there. Sure. Yeah. uh, But 4-3, Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you, behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, up, put it to one side. Um. In the widow at Zarephath, she had oil in basically one jar that never ran out. This is a matter of getting multiple jars. In other words, you're going to collect so much, but it's going to be enough. And and this is I heard somebody say one time they were talking about uh, God being the creator, and they'll say things like um, uh, God, you know, I mean obviously God made everything, but they'll say uh, this guy created this new car or this guy created this new computer chip or whatever he didn't create anything he made something Mm -hmm. out of what god made yeah so there are no (laughs) new creations but in this sense it is a new creation there's nothing there and he's putting something there that was not there Mm -hmm. it's not like he made her money go a little further or whatever so this is a, a miracle that's somewhat like Uh, creation and it's another one of those miracles that and jesus did this many times he said uh, we're going to do this but don't tell anybody it was not about we were talking this morning about making a show of things that sometimes it gets to be to the point where that it's just about a show Mm -hmm. so elisha here is not like gather up all your neighbors and bring them down to the town square and you're going to see something like you've never seen before this is an individual miracle For her and for her sons, it has nothing to do with, look how great of a uh, prophet that I am. Look how great God uses me for miracles. There's nothing to brag about. This is just uh, provision from the Lord. Let me help you without any knowledge. I've heard it explained many times when it says, um, you know, when you go around and brag about what you've done, the Bible says you have your reward. So, uh, if I come to you and say, "Hey, Pastor, I gave uh, Joe Blow a thousand dollars the other day to help with his," and you know, you give me that pat on, "Wow, good job, good job, Rick." Then it says you have your reward. So, in other words, it, it limits God on the blessings He can give you because you've got your blessing from man. Mm-hmm. And I think this is; these are good examples of how it has nothing to do with that. It's simply. God is going to provide for you. has nothing to do with anyone else. Uh, Obviously, we're reading the story today, but it's still not a story about praising Elisha. It's a story about his obedience and her obedience to listen to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, 4 and 5 says, She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left, then the oil stopped flowing. I don't know why God did it like this. You know we always say, <laughs> "Well, couldn't God have just put the check in the mail and you know she went to her mailbox and opened it up, and there was a check that was going to provide this is that faith. you know God requires us to do something, and I know there's been yeah. a lot of there's been a lot of scams out there where um, somebody some evangelist prayed for somebody and then he says, get up out of that chair, you know, and they get up and walk across the, well, they were walking before. I mean, it wasn't, but it's about a a show. But there are times when God does do something and you need to, you can't just say, well, God healed me and never get out of the chair, mm-hmm. you know. yeah. And so uh, for these things, it's it's faith and action. And James says faith without works yeah. is dead. If if you're not going to have the faith that you uh, there's some benefit from that, other than just your own personal benefit. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't question. I mean, uh,
0: yeah, I I believe probably that's part. I would call them for the sake of my brain partnership miracles. I call them, mm-hmm. you know, partnership miracles with God, and that seems to be more often. The scenario, maybe, than the latter. Maybe I'd have to flush that out. But like my boys, I've been reading a book to them about missionaries now. Mm-hmm. So the one we just got done reading, the whole book of Gladys Aylward. Have you ever heard of her? I haven't heard of her. She was a missionary to China. She's basically from England. You know, she just gets in a train and goes. And mm-hmm. I mean, her story, she was there for 17 years, uh, and she basically, I mean, almost died upon return The mm-hmm. the physical exhaustion she took. But right. I mean, everything that she had to go through mm-hmm. uh, was, was just in, I mean, the common person would have mm-hmm. definitely given up right? in almost every scenario. Right. But it was the pushing through of obedience to what was happening that, Mm-hmm. led to miracles every single time right. you know it was like I was just one comes to my head is like uh the, in this community she finally planted in in China like the all the prisoners were killing themselves mm. and uh it's just like huge riot or something so they come to her and like we need you to go in the prison right now right. they're like in a cave in a hole and and stop it mm-hmm. they're like what I have nothing to do with prison mm-hmm. anything they're like, yeah, but you have the living God inside of you. You keep telling our our community you have the living God inside of you. Mm-hmm. And so she had to, had to walk in there with men and knives and scream out, like, stop mm-hmm. it. And, you know, and and like this huge miracle happened. They all listened to her, yeah. dropped her, you know, but it was all, every miracle was like that. But it was her having to do something right? in obedience. Right. And sometimes not even God speaking to her, but just. Her mm-hmm. being faithful to step out in all these crazy areas. And then these miracles happen. So I really, really do believe that is oftentimes the scenario. Right. And that's, and that's fun. I, I wouldn't say that's fun. I'm probably, she probably wouldn't describe that as fun, but she could look back with great admiration and really appreciate the miracle even more mm-hmm. because it's like, wow, I got to be used. I got to partner with God in that. And right. it makes the miracle all the more meaningful mm-hmm. uh, and connected to you. You know, I just didn't, Moses. I mean, how awesome is that? I didn't just get to watch the sea part. Mm-hmm. I got to put my stick in. Right. The water. Right. And the and then it happened as I was obedient to put my stick in. So, you know, I think those partnership miracles are very cool.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've said it many times, you better um you better know how to hear God's voice because I don't wanna step out and do something foolish mm-hmm. just because, well, I think maybe God is telling me to You know, I think God, I don't think God wants us to be um, confused or um, unsure about his will. I mean, sometimes like for her, she stepped into that because she felt, I'm sure she felt like Mm -hmm. God was in it because if God had spoken and said, stay away from there, you know, but again, we all act like God is, he's so mysterious and he makes it so hard for us to know his will. Yeah. And we got to. I mean, I'm for fasting and praying, but sometimes if we we go overboard thinking that God's going to just shake his head. Oh, I told you not to do that. You shouldn't have done that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember you telling me that. You know, it's it's like I think God can be very um, straightforward. I mean, he can tell us, you know. And, and for her in this situation, too, she's not saying uh, this is not doubt on her part. I mean, she's not... Um, you know hey bring me another jar this is man this is really awesome we're going to be rich you know this was just obedience on her part bring Mm -hmm. all the jars that we have and and uh, and i don't know whether she told the neighbors i don't know if the kids told the neighbors what was going on or or what happened but um this is just one of those scenarios that she just did what i mean she asked for help but then she was willing to do what and that's the thing just like the you know offering somebody groceries no never I just I want the money I don't want the groceries my sign doesn't really mean what it says I just need some money mm-hmm. you know to mail well, for whatever we won't get into all that but uh four seven she went out and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay your debts you and your sons can live on what is left i I wish it would have told us like how many gallons of oil and yeah, and what the value was of that, but it must have been a, I mean, a significant amount because it says pay the debt, mm-hmm. and you and your sons can live on what is left. I mean, for how long? I mean, did they live the rest of their life on the money that they got from that oil? I, I don't know how that worked, but, um, I, you know, I wonder if she didn't go running out there like, I, I mean, sometimes we're surprised when God answers our prayer. Hmm. I mean, yeah. We say things like, "Isn't that amazing?" You know that God and yes, we should appreciate it. But sometimes I'm—I mean, I am guilty of that. Wow, that was amazing! Yeah, like really, that it was amazing that God answered that prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, but we we have that uh, feeling sometimes that hey, look, Elisha, it really did happen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> can you believe it? I mean. And and so Elisha's instruction was go sell, uh, pay your debt, and uh, and then there'll be plenty left over. And I I still I couldn't think. I just wrote a little note out here. Stimulus checks. I heard somebody say to me, um, "Guy that works well, my nephew works at um, Sam's Club, and he said yep. when those first stimulus checks came out, they were just <laughs> like out of TVs. Yeah, like well, I, I mean." <laughs> the stimulus. Yes, it was to stimulate the economy by spending that money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really didn't want people to put it in the bank necessarily. Yeah. But how about, uh, paying your rent? <laughs> I mean, I'm a landlord. I yeah. never had one person <laughs> who got a stimulus check that said, Hey, I want to pay my rent three months ahead because I don't know if I'm going to have a job or, but, right. uh, and I don't know <laughs> that they bought TVs, but that was kind of the idea that that sudden wealth spend it on what Mm -hmm. what you want i mean he didn't tell her you know she didn't say man i can go buy a a new car and i can buy a new house and i buy me a new tv i mean this was there's going to be enough for you to live on you and your sons are not Mm -hmm. gonna to die and so i mean those go sell pay your debts and there's plenty left over is a pretty good that's pretty good advice to anybody struggling financially, yep. pay your debts. And, and I, I've said this many times and I have to be careful because I don't, I'm not judgmental at all because I don't know people's circumstances, but there are people who filed bankruptcy and, and some of them many times over. I mean, they file, they get their self in trouble again. They file, they get their self in trouble. I mean, over and over, it's a, it's a way of life. Well, and, and honestly, if you think about that, if you're a crook, yeah. it's, it would be a pretty good plan to say, uh, well, I'm just going to go have all this debt. And then when they start calling it due, I'll just file bankruptcy. I won't owe it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. I can
1: move on and do it again. And, and I, I say that trying to be kind here because I know there are people who never planned on getting right, into the yeah. situation, there were circumstances that were beyond their control, illnesses, job situations. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people who filed for bankruptcy that it was totally legitimate. So yes, don't don't miss. I have friends who filed bankruptcy, and after that, they were great people. They were great people financially. They never filed again. So so I understand that. I, I hope people understand if you're listening. Uh, what I'm saying here, there are people who use it as a way to not pay debts. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying.
0: And uh, some, some as a business tactic. As right, well. right. <laughs>
1: and, you know, I've, I, I've had um, renters over, I mean, I bought my first rental house in 1986. So I've had all these rental houses. And in all that time, I mean, obviously I've had people leave who owed me money. Mm-hmm. And in all that time, I had one person. Who called me up and said, listen, when we left, we owed you money and we want to make that right. And I don't know what their motivation, maybe they were trying to buy a house and they had to clear up old debt. I mean, I maybe I would, well, I never did get a letter asking for a recommendation for them. So mm-hmm. I don't know what prompted that, but they came, I said, well, it was whatever, 900 and some dollars and they showed up on my doorstep and counted out 900 and some dollars, whatever it was. But in all these years, one person has done that. So it's that. <laughs> yeah. the, the people who feel release, who don't feel like they owe it anymore because it's in the past. And uh, So anyway, for her, this was good advice of, of how to handle this situation. Go sell, pay your debts, and then there will be plenty left over. might be in our generation. Go sell, pay your tithes. <laughs> And you'll have enough, Mm -hmm. you know, out of this. But 4-8, one day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there and urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. Uh, This is, I love these uh, moments of, we like to say, it just so happened. Like it was just, sure was lucky that he went by that day. And, you know, that God didn't have any direction or, you know, it says the steps of a righteous man are ordered. Well, he can put you in the right place at the right time. Or like you were talking last night and Wednesday night, we can go to the wrong place. Mm-hmm. We can be in the wrong environment <laughs> and put ourselves in those situations. Location, but, location, okay, location. There you go. That's a real, <laughs> real estate term. I should have worn my uh, Charles Burt real estate shirt this mm-hmm. morning. But, um <laughs> Uh, But it just so happened, uh, we don't know who this was. It just says, uh, the King James says, a great woman. Uh, This says a well-to-do woman, but a great woman. In other words, rich, kind, compassionate, uh, whatever it may have been. But 9 and 10, she said to her husband, I know this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put it Put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he says, then he can stay here whenever he comes to us. Um, She's probably heard about Elisha and all the great things. And, you know, I I love to think about these things in our day because would we be so quick to, um, I I think of evangelists, pastors, Mm -hmm. whatever evangelists who have been here uh len wheeler we can use him most people know who len is Uh, great guy but i don't know you know at this point i would say hey len there's this room we built this extra room we want you to stay there when you're here we could say all those kind of things i don't know if i'd have said that the first day that he came by not knowing him mm-hmm. but she's just by what she's heard probably about him and the things that he's done, she's willing to do this. And I, again, I I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I look at these things sometimes because in our time, this is biblical times, but in our time, how would that go? And I thought about, what about the husband? And what would he really think? This is the wife, and especially in those times when the wife was not the, um, quote, spokesman, (laughs) Or anything. I mean, she was subservient basically uh, during that time. But um, you know, well, wait a minute. How do you know? How do you know Elisha? You know, or is this? Are you attracted to him? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, why would you want a strange man to come and live basically in our house or stay here when he comes through? And uh, and there's this room on the roof is a kind of a speculation because. They did have places on the roof because they got up there, and we have many stories about a place on the roof. But they got up there because it was cooler and, you know, those kind of things. So they they weren't sure. I, I looked up some of this. It says on on the wall, building a room up on the wall, a room in the house that you step up to. In other words, it wasn't actually on the roof maybe, uh, that it's an extension of an outer wall of the house, so actually adding a, a room on mm-hmm. for this. Um, we don't know exactly what it was. And I thought, you know, back many years ago, but in my lifetime, I can remember evangelists never stayed in a motel. You know, they, they always stayed at the house of the pastor. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, I mean, once in a while, maybe somebody else's house, but that was just, you know, they stayed there and they sit around the table and I can remember pastor's kids saying it was awesome because mm-hmm. they sat around the table and those kids got to hear all the extra stories about things that had happened on the mission field and uh but and I and I understand we don't do that today most evangelists and if I were an evangelist I would be more comfortable yeah in a motel <laughs> room than staying at somebody's house you know uh more freedom to yeah Walk through the house without your clothes on. I mean, you know, I got attacked
0: uh, by a cat one time in oh, Wisconsin, really? <laughs> staying at a host home. Oh no, that was awesome. So, <laughs> great couple though. Thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> They're probably not watching Margie, today. So, uh, yeah.
0: Peggy, excuse me. That was Peggy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't get the wrong one. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, things have obviously changed, and and we, I've heard sermons even preached about this building a room for the man of God, not mm. necessarily a physical room but building a something to make your ministry I guess more comfortable here you know so yeah not just a wage, not a room that you can go to or whatever but um, um, I didn't I didn't build this office studio, I didn't build this for you but this is a place where you have the comfort of ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, not not only just studying for yourself, but, I mean, this is hopefully ministry today and, and yep. Wake Up Grace Point and Modern Christian Dudes and all the interviews that have been done, all yep. these different things.
0: Carmen um, sat right at this Carmen, desk. Carmen, man, uh, right. have you washed it since? <laughs> does Need does go Rachel back.
1: come in every day and sit in the chair that he... So.
0: I mean, she... she... She was listening to Carmen this morning. Was she? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, well, she said the other day when we gave her her birthday uh, card that she thought it would be something Carmen-related. Yeah. But, <laughs> and
0: my um, son was singing a Carmen song the other day. I'm like, uh oh, yeah, She's inverted them." This is probably just an eternal thing, probably. I <laughs> <laughs> just have to deal with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're never going to get past. He's gonna, they're going to love LeBron and Carmen. Yeah. You know, a little <laughs> contrast there, but. Uh, but anyway, verse 11, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. Um, he had accepted this hospitality. We don't have some conversation where uh, Elisha like, no, really, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't need that. I, I don't, you don't need to do that for me. And sometimes hospitality is, is hard to accept mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people. Sometimes it's well, probably most of the time it's a pride issue, you know, that, oh, I don't want to feel obligated to you. I don't want to uh, feel like I owe you something for what you've done. So, you know, he could have said, well, I don't think that's probably a good idea because then people will think I'm showing favoritism, mm-hmm. you know, towards you. Um, I, you know, I remember when I used to go out and eat with uh, with Brother Graham and it was kind of established right up front. It was like, you just pay for yours and I'll pay for mine. So we don't have to keep up with, well, you paid last time, so I'll pay this right. time. And it's like, just pay for your own and we'll just, you know, we'll just, nobody will think anything about it. Nobody will ever feel like they owe each other. But um, it is hard to accept. You know, I remember one time uh, I was struggling financially. And it's just, it was really just a, it was a time period. It wasn't that um, that I had been sick. I mean, I was still going to work every day, but it just just some things happened, and I got into a crunch. and uh, And I remember I needed to go to Indiana, uh, and I didn't have the money to go. It was a family illness issue up there, and I really needed to go, but I just I really could not afford to take off mm-hmm. work to. Um, either a plane fare or the gas to drive there. I mean, it was just a bad situation. And I remember one of the board members knocked on my door and I was there by myself and handed me a check. And he said, you know, the board, this is when I wasn't on the board, but he said the board wanted to to do this for you. And I think it was $500 or or whatever. And I went in and sat at my desk and just bawled. (laughs) And, And it was... There was probably some pride there. I didn't want people to think that felt like a loser.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, did. Like, I felt like
1: right. I can't take care of myself. Right. Yeah. That I got to have this from somebody else mm-hmm. instead of just. And I didn't come back and say no, I can't take this. I mean, I I accepted that, but mm-hmm. it was hard. Yeah. You know to uh, to accept, and I I think we need to realize sometimes that we may be by not accepting there's a blessing on the giver. Mm -hmm. And by not accepting, number one, you make them feel bad that they offered because now it looks like, well, now you think I'm a loser. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it it makes it hard on them. Plus, if they were obedient, maybe they didn't even have the money. You know, I don't know what the church finances were like when they gave me that $500 that time. Sure. I don't know what they were like. Yeah. But... But there was a there's a blessing for the church in that, and sometimes we need to be careful because we can deny somebody the yeah it's a great point blessing and the opportunity uh, in those situations like that. And so I, I'll finish up with I, I remember um, Pastor Robert Morris one time talking about uh, he went to a church and the pastor there l- legitimately wanted him to critique. I mean he. He said, I want you to be there. Mm-hmm. But he said, when we're done, I want your opinion about, you know, he the received, ministry and right. he, et cetera. So when they were done, they met the office or whatever, and he, he just asked Robert Morse, he said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, he said, really? He said, I think everything was great except the offering. And he said, well, what do you mean? I mean, he was expecting maybe him to say, uh, the music was too loud, or you sang too much, or, or the message was not very well prepared. or You know, those are the kind of things he thought. He never thought about the offering would be. But he said, when you got up and took the offering, you said to the people, if you are a visitor here, you don't need to give. Like, this is for our church people to pay their tithes and offerings, for the support of this church, those kind of things. He said, "Don't ever tell people that it's not necessary for them to give, because mm. you may be denying them the blessing that God spoke. Maybe they're giving their last twenty yeah. dollars, and you might think we don't need you to give. You know, keep your money. You need your money worse than the church does. But his take on it was God's blessing in giving and providing and those things that maybe you denied somebody the opportunity yeah. to be blessed. Could
0: be the one." Uh, step of faith to unlock right what God's really trying to do in their life.
1: Right, right. So anyway, I'll finish with that today. Yeah, but this you'll is see a, that
0: link right there. Yeah, GracePointAG.org you, you can give online <laughs> there you go. if you'd like we to. Won't, <laughs> we won't deny your
1: uh, gift today. Yeah. So, so we'll hey, finish guys. there.
0: Yes, great. Uh, excuse me. Grace Point Daily Podcast. We're in the Word of God. And so join us each and every week. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.